0: Our Old Testament lesson this morning comes from Psalm 47, verses one through nine. It can be found on page 455 in our pew Bibles, or 884 in the large print. Before we read, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for your Word, and we ask that you would not allow us to take it lightly or for granted. By God, that even this morning we would find ourselves challenged and encouraged by what you have to say to us today. We pray that we would come to know more and more the character of your love for us, that it would drive out all the fears that we may have. And we pray that we would learn what it means to walk in step with your spirit in love every day. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. For the Lord Most High is awesome, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loved. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises, for God is the king of all the earth, sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations, God is seated on his holy throne, the nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham, for the kings of the earth belong to God, he is greatly exalted." Turning then to Luke 24, the very end, the Gospel according to Luke, before he then picks up the story again in the book of Acts. Luke 24, 44 through 53. should be found on 850, page 859 or 1645 in large print. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Until next week. We'll see what happens then. For our sermon text this morning, we're in 1 Peter 3. We'll begin with the second half of verse 14 and go through the end of the chapter. it be found on page 982 or 1890 in the large print. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism, that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to Him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, if you were listening to that passage, you probably have some questions. Because there are some really strange things that happen there. And I will tell you that it's fine to have questions about things like this. And I do not plan to answer all those questions today. In fact, the more I studied this particular passage to be able to say, okay, here's what this is talking about, the more I found that everybody goes, I don't really know what it's talking about. (laughs) There are some things in here that are just really confusing and everybody has to say, okay, here's my best guess. This would make sense. But ultimately, guess we'll find out in heaven. (laughs) This is a confusing passage. So we will kind of go down a little bit of that in a minute. But... I'm also reminded uh, of what Alistair Begg likes to say a lot that when reading the Bible, to keep in mind that the main things are the plain things and the plain things are the main things. And so we're not going to try to not get tripped up over the things that are not so plain and uh, and focus instead on those things that are the main things here. Um, Before we do that, I have to tell you a story about when I was a kid and we went to the swimming pool. This is one uh, I can look back on and laugh now, but at the time, this was serious business. It was my first ever attempt to go off the high diving board. It did not go well. Not because there was any sort of injury or anything that happened to me when I hit the water, it's just how long it took for me to hit the water. And I don't mean from the time I left the board until I hit the water. I mean from the time I climbed the ladder until I left the board. (laughs) And the number of times I turned around and tried to go back down the ladder and they said, sorry, it's one way only. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I was afraid of heights. (laughs) and had not ever realized to what extent until I stared down at the water that just seemed so far away. It ended fine. Twenty-five minutes later, I finally did go off. (laughs) To the great relief of all the other kids at the pool (laughs) who were waiting patiently their turn. Um, It went well. I bring that up as a silly example of uh, things that we are afraid of. And the reason I bring it up is that's where this passage starts. It's with this do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. It actually do not uh, fear their fear. And this can be taken a couple ways. One is fear the fear that they're causing you. The other is you should not be afraid of the same things they're afraid of. So here's my question for us. What is it that you are afraid of? Now, I actually looked up a list of the most common fears in America and thought about kind of rattling off some of those for you. And then I thought that would be counterproductive. (laughs) It goes through some of these fears and you're like, I didn't know I was afraid of that, but now I am. (laughs) And that is really the opposite of the goal of today. The goal of today is to take a look at our fears straight on and say, this is what I'm afraid of. This is why I'm afraid of it. And then we're going to say, and this is why I shouldn't be. Because it does not leave us. Peter does not say, don't be afraid, the end, have a nice day. That is a recipe for frustration and really increased terror. <laughs> now I'm afraid that I'm not, not being afraid enough. Ah. No. So take a moment and think for yourself, what is it that you're afraid of? And my guess is, in one way or another, it involves a loss of some sort. Whether of health or occupation or relationship, whatever. That somehow, there is a loss involved. Why is it? Why do we fear these things? Well, because they happen. And we know they do. But not only are these general threats made, or not only are general fears out there, but there are fears that we have that are caused by others. Where we are living differently than the culture around us. And see, here's one of those places, Peter's been talking about this a lot, that if we are really living uh, lives with Jesus every day, we're going to have different values from the rest of the culture around us. And we're going to be living differently than the rest of the culture around us. And people will notice. Here's the thing. What we've probably thought, at least at some point, I know I've thought this before, is that if you are living differently, then people will um, notice that you're living differently and they will say, I want what they've got. And so I'm going to ask them, where is it that you find uh, the hope and the peace and the joy and the contentment in all circumstances, and where does all this come from? I want that too. And the thing is, sometimes, that is what will happen. But other times, people will notice a difference, and instead of saying, I want that too, they will, you know, misery loves company, say, I want them to not have it. I want to get in the way of that. I want to stop it. I want to crush that. When I'm feeling miserable, and you're feeling joyful... Rather than me saying, How can I feel joyful too? I'm like, How can I make you miserable too? This happens. Some of you I see nodding. I've been there. And I think it's both sides of this that the next sentence comes in when he says, Always be prepared. No, nope, no, nope, I skipped a line. <laughs> it says, don't, be, don't fear the threats. Don't, do not be frightened, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. We should always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that we have. Why is it that your life is different? Why is it that the things that bring me down don't bring you down? What is going on? or the way that it kind of is communicated by the culture sometimes, what is wrong with you? And this is where we need to be ready. Be ready to answer. And if in that moment, if your answer is, well, I'm just a pretty neat guy. (laughs) I'm sorry, that is not correct. Well, I've always been a particularly patient person. No, stop it. As Christians... The hope that we have and the reason for the hope that we have is never found in ourselves. It's always in Jesus. And so when somebody says, what makes you different? If you start by saying, well, I'm this kind of person, start over. Sorry, take it back. Let me tell you what it really is. Let me tell you what really makes the difference. Let me tell you where my hope really is. And it's in Jesus. And it's in Jesus who came and who lived and who died and who rose again from the dead and who ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. This is where my hope comes from. This is the reason why I don't have to fear the things that are around me. This is the reason I don't have to fear the things in the culture because I know that Jesus is the king over all of it. And I've already read the end of the story and I know how it works out in the end. You know, there's a big difference between watching, um, if you're watching some sort of, uh, we'll go with professional basketball since they're in the playoffs right now. If you're watching a professional basketball game and you are really invested one way or another in how this game turns out. Say you are uh, married to one of the players or something. So if if this does not go well, this is gonna be a rough week. You know? <laughs> uh, Or you may be having to move, who knows. Um, and so you really want this game to go well. And you're watching with somebody. But you're watching on delay. And what you don't know is they've already seen the final score. They already know your team wins. There's a big difference between how the two of you watch that game, isn't there? They're sitting there. They're watching the game. They're all, you know, fellow spouse or whatever. They're all uh, has invested. But the other team steals the ball and they go and they dunk it. And you're like, no, my life is over. And they're like, it's okay, it's okay. How can you say it's okay? Because I know that it doesn't matter. (laughs) Because I know how the whole thing turns out. And even though it looks bad now, I know that it won't by the end. I don't know how it turns around, but I know it will. And when we have have the culture saying to us, what is wrong with you? Why are you so out of step with the whole rest of the culture? And yet you seem to be fine with that. (laughs) It's because I know how this all turns out. Because I know the one who's over all of it. And I know the direction it's all headed. Now, how does this disarm our fears? That's what this whole thing is about, right? Do not fear the threats, do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Today's you know, Ascension Sunday. And we read about Jesus blessing the disciples after he'd been with them again for another 40 days after his resurrection and then he was taken up into heaven. There's a part after Jesus is raised from the dead on Easter Sunday where Mary uh, holds on to him and he says, don't hold on to me. Do you remember this? You're thinking, that's kind of strange. Why would he say, don't don't touch me? Is that the issue? Uh, No, it's that she was trying to keep him there because she'd already lost him once and she said, I can't do it again. I cannot lose you again. And what he was trying to convince her of, he says, don't hold on to me, I have not yet ascended to my father, is that the only way she could not lose him again is to let go of him and let him ascend to the father. Because it's in his ascension that now he's no longer tied to one particular spot in the Middle East. But in heaven, in this whole other realm, now he's able to be everywhere all the time. And so now it doesn't matter where we are, it doesn't matter what we're going through. No matter what was it we read at the beginning, of this Let's Deal your bulletin here. Thank you. That over all times and places Christ has dominion. Later over all times and circumstances through all of it. And this is because Jesus is now ascended to the right hand of the Father. It is this ascending to the throne, to the place, the seat of power and authority, that then we get passages like at the end of Romans 8, which says there's nothing now. There's nothing. You can go through the whole list, not life, not death, not anything, that can separate us from the love of the Father that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us now. And so this is what then should end our fears from the threats of others, fears in general. Because if Jesus is over all of it, think about this again. You go back to whatever it was that you had picked at the beginning that you're afraid of. It involves some sort of loss. Not only do those things happen, but they will happen. In fact, there's really nothing that we can hold on to forever except Jesus. Everything else will be taken from us one way or another. And those things that we are so afraid of losing, we will lose in one sense. But this is why Jesus says, if you're willing to lose your life for me, guess what? You're going to find your real life. The things that you give up for me now, don't worry about that. (laughs) Because I will provide, and you will have back more than you ever have given up. But more than that, you will find your true self because you will understand who you are in him, that he is the actual treasure, and that we cannot lose him. And so everything else, if we put your hope in any of those other things that you're afraid of losing, if that's where you really put your hope, then you're headed for despair. But if we put our hope in Jesus, the one who, and this is where Peter then goes on through the rest of this, is Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. In other words, he's the one who already died for you. Then he's the one who was raised again, and then he is the one who uh, has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with the angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. If this is what he has done, if this is what where he is, if this is what he continues to do, then we can look at the things of the world. We grieve when we experience loss. Sure. But we're not devastated by it. We're not destroyed by it. Because we have what we can never lose in Jesus. And we know how the story turns out, and we know that the king who is over all of it is good. And so it can be trusted, even in the midst of the rest of this. Not only that, but he points out how we treat those around us when giving this answer. So this is, I think this is about all we have time for, um, if that. And that is when we give this answer. The reason for the hope that we have, we do it with gentleness, we do it with respect, Keep a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. This is how Jesus was treated. People said wrong about him, but he did not repay evil with evil. Instead, it was while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He says, This is how we are to live as well. By the way, I'm going to tell you a little secret about retaliation. When I go in, I find certain parties in my house have been at each other. And the question, you know, what's going on here? And the answer is always, let me tell you what he did. (laughs) Let me tell you what she did. It never starts with, well, here's what I did. (laughs) So here's the secret. I have some words of wisdom. What I have learned is that my mom was right all those years ago when she would say it takes two to tango. (laughs) And that is what Peter is talking about here, too. In a cycle of retaliation where Okay, he did that, okay, so why did you do that? Well, it's because they did this. Okay, why did you do that? Well, because they did this, and then back and forth, back and forth, because everybody, after not very long in that whole cycle, everybody's convinced the other person is more at fault than I am, and therefore I have to do something else to even the score. That's where it all comes in. That's why it takes two people for that cycle to work, and what Peter is saying is there is an end to that cycle, and this is the same thing that Jesus was saying when he said that we are two love our enemies to do good to those who hate us to bless those who curse us to pray for those who mistreat us I'm not just giving you random examples these are specifics from what Jesus actually said in Luke chapter 6 This is what ends that cycle. Because there's never the, well, this is what they did, this is what they did, this is what they did. It becomes a one-sided thing. Now, I have to caution you. This is not a practical, practical advice on how to get your way. What Peter is not saying is do good to others when they are doing bad things to you. Do good to them and they will quit it. So if you want to know how to make them stop, you just do good things to them and they will stop. That's not what he says. And you can look at this in the life of Jesus. Jesus did good to the people who were doing bad to him, and they didn't stop. (laughs) This is not practical advice on how to get your way or how to get them to stop. It is practical advice on how to live the life that God calls you to live and to become, in the midst of that, the person that God has created you to be in relationship with him as you walk through these kinds of things. Oh, it's a much harder road. But it is so worth it. And so what happens, though, is even if they don't stop it, they at least, in their mind and in your mind, there is a clear understanding of who is in the right, who is in the wrong, who is really causing it, and who is not. Now, I know this kind of makes it sound like I said at the beginning, talking about fears, Jesus would be to answer those fears, and then I just gave a situation where it actually may cause more fear. That walking with Jesus would actually cause people to continue doing you wrong when you're doing nothing to them. Well, now I'm afraid of that. And again, Peter's answer, look back to Jesus. The one who died for you, the one who was raised again in power, the one who is ascended into heaven, and we know then that whatever mistreatment we are facing now Saying, but I don't deserve it. It's fine. Keep walking with Jesus through it all anyway. Keep going his way. Keep praying as you face it. Lord, show me how to respond with gentleness and respect and a clear conscience in all of it. Completely lost my train of thought. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day that you have made. We pray that you would that you would focus our attention on who you are and the things that you have done. The things that you continue to do as you work in our lives, as you call us to specific Actions. I pray that you would strengthen us and give us the courage to face the situations each day that you put before us. pray that you would help us to not grow weary and lose heart, but that we would consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Knowing that this is not the end of the story, that just as the, um, the suffering and the rejection that Jesus faced was for a time and that time has passed we know that any suffering or rejection we may face would be for a time and we know that that time will pass God we thank you for the ascension of Jesus That we can live every day, not out of fear, but confidently walking in the love and trust and grace that you provide. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.